Welcome to Real Talk, Real Women, Breaking the Silence Around Abuse. I am Gemma Serenity, your host, and today we have the honor of having Stephanie McPhail joining us. Stephanie mm. McPhail has a master in science. She is a toxic relationship recovery expert, the author of two books, Being Loved Shouldn't Hurt. It's a book and a workbook, which were both number one new release. She has been interviewed on Fox, featured in New York Weekly. She hosts a weekly cable show, which is called Kick Unhealthy Relationships to the Curb. She is on the core council of experts for Avaya University. She is on the board of a nonprofit. She has a double master's degree in health and education, as well as a bachelor's degree in psychology. She is a certified crisis counselor, a certified coach, a Reiki practitioner who specializes in helping professional middle-aged women to discover who they are and create their best lives after leaving a toxic relationship. To make it short, to making it short, she is a life coach for people who left a toxic relationship. Welcome, Stephanie. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be able to give back and share my story and hopefully inspire people that maybe are feeling stuck and need a little bit of extra support right now. Totally that, totally that. So Stephanie, can you please share with us a little bit of your story of overcoming abuse? What kind of abuse did you overcome so that people listening to that can actually connect with you and understand that you understand them? Sure. Well, like like many of you that are probably listening right now, I mean, I spent 18 plus years going through one toxic relationship right into another one. I was really good at choosing really terrible partners and then doing everything I possibly could to try to make the relationship work. Um, and my first, well, my first marriage was to someone who was physically abusive, emotionally abusive, sexually abusive. Um, and I saw the emotional stuff before we got married, but I ignored it because I was feeling like I was getting older and I had never seen or experienced a healthy relationship. So I was hoping that once things calmed down and we got married, that things would get better. But as most of the time is the case, once you get married, things get worse. So I stayed for five years trying to make the relationship work, stayed married for five years. Um, I threw him out, let him back in, kept hoping that if I explained it to him and made him understand how toxic things were and how abusive he was, that he would finally stop doing it and finally be the man I, I saw the potential of him being. And that never happened. And so luckily, after five years, I decided, you know what, he had quit his job. He was working as a waiter. I was paying for all of the bills, taking care of everything. And when he quit his job and I was working a second job after I asked him, hey, please go back and get your job back. He cursed me out in a text message. And I remember looking at that and thinking, I have done everything and anything to try to make this guy understand what's possible. I've tried to do everything to change myself. I've accepted things I never would have accepted because I wanted to try to make the marriage work. I can't do it anymore. And in that moment, I decided that I was going to get out. And so I, I got out. I started the, the process pretty quickly. I, I had gotten, was a, I was in New York, so we were able to go through the divorce process quickly. 
And then I had to really spend a lot of time figuring out who I was because afterwards I thought things would just get better. But I, I was meeting some not so great guys in between there until I really focused on on getting the support that I needed to make the big changes. So I understand it's the, the different forms of abuse that the mental stuff takes, you know, it sticks with you along with the, all the other types of abuse. I mean, it sticks with you and if you don't get the right help. It absolutely does. This is why there is really a mindset of being victim of domestic violence or domestic abuse and another mindset of being victorious over abuse, of having stepped into your truth, into your identity, into your power, having built back up self-esteem, self-confidence and self-love. Yeah. And that's, you know, that that's something that when... I was a professional, successful woman. Yeah. And, you know, those things didn't happen to me. I took care of everybody else. I was the helper. I was a certified crisis counselor. I was taking people's calls in the middle of the night who were suicidal and helping get police to them and, and taking care. If there was anybody ever had a problem, it was me that they came to. So it couldn't be happening to me, but it was. And, you know, it was in admitting that I didn't know what to do that I needed support and admitting there's no shame in realizing that I don't know everything. I don't have all the answers. And this was the one part of my life that I kept repeating the same thing. So it must have been, you know, if I knew better or if I had the tools to do better, I would. But I, I didn't have those tools. I didn't know how to create something different. And, you know, that's one of the things when I, I share all the time, when you have to change what home feels like, if you yeah. change, if, if home to you felt like stress and anxiety and overwhelm, then that's mm -hmm. what you keep recreating in your in your relationships. And so I didn't realize I was subconsciously searching that out. I was the helper. I was the fixer. So I was searching for all of that and then fighting for the relationship. You know, it takes work. It takes effort. And people always have difficulties in the beginning of marriage. I mean, all these different things that you hear and that I already felt from my experiences growing up, all of that was coming together and making me stay in something that literally could have killed me. But again, it couldn't, but it couldn't be me. It, it happens to those other people and not myself. And I'm here to tell you right now, it literally can happen to anybody. There's there's okay. no limits on who can be in an abusive relationship. There is okay. there is no specific type of person. It's not because we're weak. In fact, a lot of the times they like to prey on people who are strong, independent women because they want to break them down. It's part of the lure. Is they like they like having that arm candy of a successful woman who looks good for them, but then they don't actually like her, like them as a person. And then they try to do everything they can to break them down as opposed to themselves trying to level themselves up. Absolutely. One of the one of the posts I did put out there, which is really aligned with what you share, is yeah, domestic violence or domestic abuse knows no frontier, no background, no economic status, no nationality, no country, no gender, even no species. Mm -hmm. Because I even noticed that in the animal kingdom, you can sometimes see serious abuse between each other. Hmm. It's really a 
a dynamic that is unhealthy that is allowed by both the victim and the perpetrator. And sometimes we inverse roles. Why? Why? Well, the, the power and control. But you know, it's actually, it's actually. I was just having this conversation with a new client yesterday. Is that one of the things that happens in these types of relationships? Is that sometimes they push our buttons so much on purpose to try to make themselves look better. So right before we got married, I actually, I was, we were in the train, we were, we were out celebrating his birthday and our, and our friend's birthday. It was my first husband and we were celebrating and we had all, we'd had drinks. We had a great time. We were in New York city. And right before we got on the train to go home, he started pushing buttons and like calling me names and being really nasty under his breath. So I didn't really know what was, what was going on, but it's like, we went from having a really good time to all of a sudden, like, oh my gosh, this feels terrible. And I get on the train and I fall asleep because it's like an hour and 15 minute train ride. I wake up and there's no one there. It's dark. It's like two o'clock in the morning. I'm in New York by myself and my soon to be husband. We were going to get married in a few weeks and he's not there. And so I was scared. I was nervous. I left the train, went to where I remembered the car being and he was there. And he was like, see, you know, starts cursing and screaming at me that, you know, there's something wrong with me because I fell asleep in the train, like the you know, terrible thing. And I lost my temper in a way that I have never experienced before, where I just looked at him and I started hitting and scratching. I mean, I was I was like a, an animal. I had lost myself completely. And, you know, I stopped and I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that this happened. I wake up the next day and he had a few scratches on himself and he looked at me and he said, see, you are just as bad as I am. You can have your buttons pushed and that's what you do to me. And I thought, oh my gosh, wow. Maybe, maybe I am, maybe I am the reason why he's treating me this badly. Maybe I am the reason why things have gone the way they, they have been. And I said to myself, I can't ever become like that again. I can't let myself get like that. So I still married him thinking him making it seem like I was the bad guy. And of course, for the entire relationship, he, you know, physically assaulted me several times. And, you know, it was always because of me, my behavior, the things I did, I made him do those things. And so, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that those Sometimes they, they know how to manipulate. They know what to do to make you question everything. That's why we get so confused after we leave, because we're like, who was that person? Meaning the partner and even ourselves. We don't recognize ourselves anymore. This is true. And this is really, really sad. And this happens to even the best of us. Mm -hmm. There is no, I mean, it is, everybody is potentially victim of narcissistic abuse of that kind. And when you've been back in the corner for that long, I mean, you, you sometimes people react, you know, yeah. it's, you, you want to protect it. You shouldn't, and, and anyone who's listening, I mean, that's, and that's called actually reactionary abuse. That's actually, it's, it's called something, but you should never be in a situation with your partner where you get to that point. I mean, it's already, that's, that's a high level already of, of what should not be happening. You should not feel like you have to defend yourself against your partner. This is true, this is true. 
Stephanie, what has been that shift in consciousness? You are living 18 years in abusive relationship, going on and off and, and finding another people. Like I heard you said my first husband. I understand there was a second one, at least. And I understand that it has been like, okay, I'm trying with another one. And it's, it's probably a little bit better, but still with a lot of work to make it work. And still it doesn't work. What has been that shift in consciousness that made you go from a victim mindset to a victorious mindset to decide and to change? Well, so, so I was, it was, it was interesting because so, so in that time, so I, I left the abusive marriage and I, at first I thought I have all these degrees. I'm a smart person. I'm going to figure all this out on my own. And that's what so many of us do is we think we can just figure it out. And I don't mean to laugh because it's not funny, but it, but it's something that we, we every single one of us, I feel like has done it at some point until we realize oh, that that's not working so great. But I was, um, I had been, I was a teacher and I had had everything that could possibly go wrong. I was, I had gotten a sprained, well, before I got a sprained ankle, my grandmother passed away. I got a DWI. Um, I got pink eye. I got a blood clot. What is a DWI? Sorry, just to interrupt. Driving while intoxicated. I got arrested and spent the night in jail. Oops. Yeah. For and and it you know again talk about like how your life is like where am I what am I doing? I went somewhere I didn't want to go to. People pleasing. What are the effects of people pleasing? We could spend a whole session on that. But I went somewhere I didn't want to go to. I was, again, trying to make other people feel good. You know, I I left the person that was driving, driving me there, dropped me off at my car. And instead of me saying, I don't I don't think I can drive home. I got in my car and then I said, I can't drive. I like I went a block and pulled over and I said, I can't drive. But I learned the hard way that if your keys are in the ignition, that's intent to drive. So I spent the night in jail. I never even got detention in school. So for me to be in jail, I felt really horrible. I mean, that whole experience was awful, um, but I had that happen. And, and so it was like every few weeks, something terrible was happening. I had a blood clot in my left arm. Everything was going wrong. And, and I couldn't go to my grandmother's funeral because when you get a DWI, you now can't leave the state because you're not allowed to. I was, I really, I had to be watched. I had a probation officer. I mean, it was, I couldn't leave, I couldn't leave the country. And so I, I got the pink eye and then I was at school teaching the, and I sprained my ankle and I literally thought to myself, is this real? <laughs> like, can I, what else could possibly go wrong? Like literally every single thing was going wrong here. I was free. I thought it was going to be okay. And the universe was kept showing me signs that more had to be done. And I wasn't listening. And what I found was so that we don't listen to the universe. We keep getting more and more signs until we finally listen. It's like a little tap on the head that gets a little harder and harder as you go. And so I sprained my ankle. I end up in the emergency room. And who shows up but my ex-husband's because my school called who was on my emergency list still because I hadn't at that point, we were like a year separated. I hadn't even thought about changing that. They called him and he came. Oh, so nice of him, right? So I'm in the emergency room with him and my and a doctor. And the doctor comes in 
and says, okay, so you have a severely sprained ankle. You're not going to be able to, you know, you're going to have to be off your feet for six weeks. And I had just gotten like the okay from the blood clot to start just moving around a little bit. So I was like, I started laughing and crying at the same time. And they both looked at me like I was crazy. But I heard this voice that said to me, you need to be your own knight in shining armor. Stop waiting for someone else to come and save you. And you need to come and save yourself. And okay, I Stephanie, knew- Stephanie, I'm sorry to interrupt. The content of the words of the voice came through completely broken. So please repeat oh. what you heard. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Sorry. So what I heard was, is you need to be your own knight in shining armor. Stop waiting for someone else to come and save you and save yourself. And I knew that that didn't mean do it by myself because that's what I had been doing. I knew that meant I needed to get help. And so that was the defining moment where I suddenly, the, the depression that I had been feeling, the overwhelm, the stress, the anger, I mean, all of those, the feeling lost, all of those things, I had such a clear direction that I knew I never wanted to do that again. And I was going to do everything to make sure that I didn't fall into that. So I created a team. I got a therapist. I got a coach. I traveled. I changed my friend group. I mean, I did a full turnaround of my life. And I got really, I traveled cross country by myself. I I did all sorts of wonderful things. And because of that, I got really comfortable being by myself. In fact, so much so that I wasn't even sure I was going to be in a relationship ever again. And I was okay with it. I was totally fine with it. Where before that sounded awful. Like, oh my gosh, what's wrong with me? Because I wanted to have kids. I wanted to be married. I wanted all of those things. But I got to a point in my life where I said, I, as much as those things would be nice, I'm going to just be content with where I am. And I'm going to create my best life with just me. And if those things happen, they do, but I'm not looking for it anymore. And of course, that's when I met this gorgeous, blue-eyed, six-foot-three musician who I said, this guy's got to be too good to be true. Maybe I should break up with him and realize that that would be a terrible mistake. And so we are now married for coming up eight years and have two beautiful children together and get to actually work together, helping women heal from toxic relationships. So it's the best of all worlds. How amazing is that? You manifested your third last and dream husband. Well, second. Second Second story. Okay, second. Okay. You, You really like manifested the best person for you. And and discovering that a healthy relationship it's not about making it work it's about listening to each other Mm -hmm. it's about acknowledging each other it's about being there and having each other's back it's about helping each other's grow and and become the best version of ourselves and this is nothing in common with a toxic relationship mm-hmm. where it's about making the other feel that they have to do all the work because we are so perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, a, it's, it's, about, so different. It's, it's such a major difference. And it's not about keeping score. It's not like, well, I did this for you. So now you need to do this for me. It's 
we both show up the best we can. And sometimes one is more than the other, but we're there to support each other and inspire each other and not control or manipulate. And we just let each other be who we are. It is quote unquote, as simple as that, but it really requires a lot of self-confidence, self-love, self-esteem, like, like be, being at peace with ourselves, having enough self-confidence to know that no matter what, we are good, we are okay, mm -hmm. with and without the love of our life. Mm -hmm. And not or. And allowing ourselves to actually completely step into our truth and not fearing anything back. So do we desire to leave those, person, those, those people who are just like perfect for us? Not at all. However, knowing that we would be okay if that would happen for mm -hmm. some reason. It really does change the dynamic of everything when you yeah. are not coming from a place of neediness. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't need to find anybody. I really, and that's why I almost broke up with him because I didn't need him. But he was someone that when I thought about it, I was already living such a fulfilled life and feeling so good that him being there added to what was already there. It, in, in the past, relationships took away, which was why it was so scary to get into a relationship because it was like, oh, how is this going to drain me? How is this going to affect me? But, you know, you're supposed to be in a relationship or there's something wrong with you. So, you know, that's and when you're committed and you're all that kind of stuff. But when you're with someone because of the fact, not what you can get out of them, but because of the fact that they add to your already overfilled cup. They are not trying to take from you. They're not needy of you and, and they don't wanna control you. They just are, are happy to share this life and this experience with you by their side without trying to, you know, it's like they say like picking the flower was one of the worst things you can do. If you want the flower to bloom, you've gotta let it bloom. But if you pick it, it's gonna die off and wither. And I'd been picked so many times that I didn't even feel myself withering. And then when I was realized I could be planted and be okay, I was able to bloom into the, the place where I'm at now. Amazing. So tell us a little bit more about your business so that really the right people who are a fit for you can recognize themselves. So yeah, so my, my business, it's first of all, it's such an honor. Um, I would have never imagined in a million years that I would be helping women heal from toxic relationships. I mean, if when I was in it, <laughs> I never would have believed it. But here I am, and, and this is what I've been doing now for a few years. It was a calling. This is not something that I chose. I knew I wanted to help people. I've always been a helper, but this has been a calling. Once I overcame it and I got to that point of fully you know, stepping into my power, knowing who I was, I realized if I can do this, I need other people to see they can too. And, and that to me has been my driving force is it's so cool to watch where someone starts from feeling lost, feeling confused, angry, feel anxiety, all of those negative things, sometimes so depressed they can't get out of bed, having them start from there and then helping them get to a place where they are creating new friendships, they're traveling, they're creating their own businesses, they're losing weight, they're getting more money at their jobs, like all of these wonderful things that happen just because they're able to heal that part of themselves that 
had been in those that toxic place to forgive themselves and be able to really change those beliefs they had about what was possible for them. And so my husband and I, we get to work together. We kind of a tag team. And I say like, we're kind of the yin and the yang. So my husband is, he's the Reiki master teacher. He does something called Psych K, which is high speed mindset shifts, which helps those subconscious beliefs that we have about change and possibility for ourselves. And so he's the spiritual one. And I always joke around that if I wasn't here as the grounded one, he'd be off in the ether somewhere floating. So he needs he needs me to kind of hold him down. But I need him also to kind of elevate me and, and, and be there in the spiritual realm as well. And so what I do with, with the clients from my perspective is I can really get in there and understand where clients are feeling stuck, why they're ruminating, why they're questioning themselves, like all of those places where we get stuck after we leave. I understand because I've been there. I've been in that place. So, you know, having that perspective. So we have group programs. We have one on one sessions. I mean, and, and really, as a teacher, of course, I created a program that helps with all of those things that have gotten us stuck from different perspectives. So we have videos, we have writing assignments, reading assignments. I mean, all of these different things, different angles of healing to really get it so that, you know, all of the parts together really help to create a true transformation. So physical, mental, emotional, social, and spiritual, all of it gets put back into balance. And we're able to really step, discover who we are, like who am I without this relationship? And then step into our power to create something beyond what we could have imagined creating before. And so that's really what we get to do after clients have left. It's, it's, again, it's such an honor to be able to hear those stories and watch that unfold. That is absolutely amazing. What is your main website where people can connect with you and, and find out more about you? Sure, you can find us on beingloveshouldnthurt.com. It's the best place. And basically all the social medias, you can find us on Being Loved Shouldn't Hurt on YouTube, on TikTok, on Facebook, um, Instagram. Everything is Being Loved Shouldn't Hurt. You can also do a search for me, Stephanie McPhail, and you'll you'll find me. You'll find my stuff. I am always amazed where like I put in my name like, wow, that's I've been on some good stuff here. So, yeah, you can always put in my name and find us that way as well. That just works. It just works. Wow. I'm so happy and grateful to have you on the show as part of the fifth season. And that is truly amazing. I a love, little bit over it. a year and it just works. And mm -hmm. thank you for sharing your story of, of overcoming abuse, of empowering yourself, of empowering others, of rising all together, of having manifested love. And that matters so much. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. Stephanie, anytime you change your links for any reason, let me know because we keep on adjusting and adapting and updating the description because we plan on being there for 10, 20 years to come. So nice. maybe things change at some point. <laughs> nice. Love it. Well, this Thank was awesome. So for me too. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you You're so, welcome. So and if there's anything we can, I can do to help, let me know. Now we are gorgeous. Bye for now.